Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community, with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. All right, we are back with the SMB Community Podcast. This is James Kernan with Kernan Consulting with you. Very excited and pumped to introduce an industry friend and well-respected uh, veteran, uh, Brian Doyle. Uh, Meet everybody. Hey, hey, good Excited to have to be you. here. Yeah, cool. So how are things in your world, Brian? No complaints, right? You know, we're all fighting the same battle right now at this point in time, but uh, you know, certainly here in Connecticut where we're based out of, I think we're doing a little better than most. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, I, I'm excited to talk to you today. There's, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for a while. I'm a huge fan of, of what you bring to the channel. And, um, but before we, we jump into you telling us a little bit about the, the toolbox and, and your company, how did you, give, give me a little bit of background on, on you. Let, let the listeners know who you are. Sure. So, you know, my background is similar to, to many folks that work in the channel. I spent about 20 years within the MSP space. I'd like to say that I intentionally ended up there, but it, it, it really <laughs> happened by accident. I found myself early, early in my career uh, looking for a job and I ended up falling into telecommunications uh, as my starting point. And that soon morphed into, uh, you know, obviously traditional IT as the dot-com boom came to be. And with yeah. that, I also share a little bit about my age, right? Um, <laughs> you know, in terms of, uh, of what I did, I started with your tradi uh, traditional VAR. Uh, that VAR went through the growing pains of the dot-com boom. We actually went from eight employees to 52 employees back down to eight employees in six months. Wow. So uh, when that when that happened, uh, our ownership came to us and basically said, yeah, um, I don't know who your customers are and I don't think I can pay you anymore. So if you guys want to take them and make a go of it, you can. So really that's where I made my foray into being an IT business owner. And we launched a company called Proactive Technologies in 2001. Uh, we were a little bit early to the curve for managed services. Um, we found out through uh, an initial voice over IP implementation one of our clients had, somebody needed to be the referee in the middle and stop the, uh, the, the infighting of whose side was the problem on. So uh, for those of you that have been in the industry a while, we were one of the early Silverback partners who oh. you know, were, were in place, had a great monitoring system, and then got gobbled up by Dell. But uh, really, we started doing managed services in 2002. Uh, you know, went through that process. Later, we joined forces with a regional data center to really build a managed data center concern. And we actually started doing some early cloud services via Citrix desktop in 2008. Nice. Uh, so I spent a lot of my time in the MSP space, in the cloud space. And then ultimately, when we successfully sold that company, spent a little time as a hired gun building a couple data centers as well. One here yeah. in Connecticut, another one down in Orlando. I share that because that's kind of what led me to where I sit today with VCIO Toolbox you know, through the process of first, you know, my background was business first, technology second. So the yeah. only way I could engage with my clients was really trying to understand the key initiatives they were going after, the challenges that where they were facing and what they looked, felt success looked like. And once we were able to ascertain that, we were really able to manage that customer, deliver roadmaps and help them understand where they needed to go as an organization. Once that was accomplished, we saw that, uh, we really didn't lose very many clients. So it really became a bit, and the clients we did lose, we weren't in that regular cadence with. So before it was kitsch, you'd call it QBRs or anything like that. We were just doing strategic account management. When I came out of um, you know, my last spot, um, 
what we were looking at what problems to solve. Right. And one of the biggest problems was really how do you engage with the client? Most MSPs I see have solid, rock solid service delivery platforms. They've nailed down their SOPs and their process as it comes to catering to the customer. But what often gets lost is the simple things, physical touch and account management outside of times of stress and duress. So we really wanted to help put forth a standardized process that almost anybody in your organization can jump into to really deliver this solution. And again, leveraging on my past, we were able to take a lot of the regulations that we saw both being audited internally as a data center concern, but more importantly, being audited by our customers, um, auditors, the KPMGs and Accentures of the world, as right. they came in to make sure that we were managing our clients in a PCI compliance fashion, you know, HIPAA, pick your poison. So that's really how I ended up where I am today. And it's interesting being on the other side of the table. Yeah, sure. Fun. So, so when did you start the business? So we started VCIO Toolbox. We went live with that in January of 2019. Okay. First line of code was really written uh, during the 18 time frame, building off another platform we have in my partner and I's portfolio called Ideal Linker. That's an innovation management platform, really geared more to the uh, the product, you know, the product space. Those that are manufacturing things like that. We took that platform and saw that it was very adaptable to what we were trying to accomplish at VCIO Toolbox, and and. We went through a six-month beta with a number of our peers to make sure we had the right process and launched in 19. Yeah. So you, you said something really important. I just wanted to highlight that for all the listeners because uh, I couldn't agree with you more, but you, you, you went so quick. I didn't want to interrupt you, but you, you said- The, the Northeast guy in me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but it was business first, technology second. And you know the importance of most MSPs. You know, have a strong back end of the business, good processes, good tools. But it's that face-to-face -face interaction, that human element, that's so important in sales. So we we do a lot of sales training in our organization, and um, you know we really preach that that business first, technology second, and then you know you need to have you need to have a good uh, process and and a toolkit really, in order to deliver a, a memorable. Uh, experience for QBR, for example, or, or you know, true true account management. There was a, a client I had up in, uh, uh, I'll just call it the upper Midwest area, and I was working with their sales team, and we were working on their QBR process specifically, and, and they had no process, and they basically were just winging it, and what ultimately would happen is because the customers felt it wasn't valuable, they weren't scheduling QBRs at all. And I'm sure you see that all the time, right? Oh, absolutely. The reality of what we see out there is most of the time when a customers come to us is because some inflection point hit, something happened to make them think about the QBRs again. And generally when we talk to a lot of these folks, they're well-intended, they want to go out and do these things. But mm -hmm. as you know, there's many things pulling at an MSP on any given day. And the easiest thing to drop the ball on is account management, right? right. Service delivery, keeping systems operational is always going to be the first focus. But really when you start looking at the safety of your own company and how you're going to build that company out and, and get those referrals. And so many MSPs unfortunately live just off of referral business, right. you know, the way you're going to do that's by having a strong account management plan where you're really getting embedded with the organization, getting tight with the C-suite, not getting stuck at that point of contact that you might have and really helping them see the value you bring, especially in a world where we're governed by the, what we call the curse, 
The more we do remotely, the more we automate, the less we're on site, the less the customer sees us. And inevitably, hopefully, the less things break. And if we're not finding a way to demonstrate value and stay in front of the curve on that, customers will start questioning why they're paying two, five, ten thousand dollars in order to, you know, when nothing breaks anymore and they never see us. Yeah, they'll get that dreaded phone call one day and customers firing you. They're leaving. And it's because you you lost that uh, face-to-face relationship. So so uh, if you could try to explain maybe at a high level a little bit more about um, about the tool the toolbox sure. and what your service is. So you know we vision uh, BCIO toolbox really as a strategic account alignment package as opposed to just a QBR package. We kind of have a three-step approach to how we work with managing our clients. And we're very much in the lane of business to technology alignment. A reason I share that is oftentimes we see with a lot of the customers we're talking about, they're wondering why their QBRs fall flat. And it's Mm -hmm. usually a little too performance driven. It's too about the metrics like our SLAs and ticket counts and what we resolved. You know, exciting information the first time, wears a little thin the second time, you know, they they see some improvement by the third time. It's like, well, that's all about you, not about us. So we really want to make sure we're structuring a process where we're creating win win outcomes for both sides, but we're really focused on the customer's needs and initiatives. The other part about the process that we try to build within our platform and the three steps we take is we're really trying to make sure that we're helping those small to mid-sized business owners that tend to be non-technical understand what's coming out of these reports so they can make more informed decisions about their roadmap. Mm -hmm. So the way we structure it is really in three ways. We build an annual strategic plan with our customers where we're really trying to drive for those key initiatives they're chasing and the challenges they're looking to overcome on the way to success. By identifying those challenges and leveraging those challenges as we move to the next phase, which is conducting our technical alignment or IT assessment, where we're digging deep into the policies, systems, and security within the client's environment and finding those gaps. When we find those gaps, we generate recommendations. And those recommendations then are able to be aligned back to that strategic plan. So we can really show a customer, hey, if you're gonna do this project and spend this money, the reason you need to do it is X, kind of our best practice behind the assessment, you know, the impact to the business. And we Mm -hmm. really put that in layman's terms so the customer understands it. And these are the things that's going to help you in achieving or helping contributing in solving from your strategic plan. In essence, building the business case for the project. So this really helps a customer make an informed decision on on these projects and services that are in their roadmap. And more, you know, really more importantly, feel comfortable with the money they're spending, right? Because nothing we sell is inexpensive. So so we have to help them there. So we start with strategy, we conduct the IT review, and that's really kind of what we update from meeting to meeting. And that's where we kind of streamline our process internally in the platform. And then we close it out with our um, survey tool. We have the ability to do CSATs and NPSs within our system as well. So especially with those customers we're only seeing once or twice a year, we have a way to start gauging if there's any relationship risk along the way. And a key thing to understand with that piece of it is it differs from, let's say, your crew who's or customer thermometers, the tools you use transactionally, in the sense it's really just geared to the decision makers and influencers you're interfacing with. So yeah. we can see where the real relationship risk is. As you know, James, anybody that gets those transactional tickets is kind of equal in the scoring. So whether it's the CEO or the lowest admin on the ladder, everybody yeah. has the same voice in those tools. So we're trying to make sure we stay in contact and really understand what's going on in between meetings as well so we can stay in front of it 
Okay. All right. Super. So if you could explain a little bit, um, the, what kind of reporting do you have at the strategic? So two questions, what does the reporting look like, uh, in preparation and delivery at these strategic account meetings? And two, how would you recommend presenting that? Sure. So I'll give you the way I present, and then I'll share a little bit about how we do reporting in our system. Well, maybe let me flip that. In our system, we have a number of standard reports, of course, to choose from. Yeah. But we also have a report designer, so you really can create the customer experience you want to present with your customer. Great. In some cases, some of your smaller customers, you might need just a down and dirty assessment with a small roadmap to really manage that client and that account. And you can construct that once you become familiar with our data sets very easily within your report for presentation. For your more key re relationships, let's use the 80-20 rule and call it the 20% that feed your company, you're really going to want to do a more expanded report. But it's key to keep people focused in the meetings. So when I'm going out and conducting a meeting, and there's two ways in our system you can do that. You can present on a big screen display or in a Zoom session like this and be able to walk people through the process right there on the screen. When yeah. we do that in our system, it's very interactive. If we're looking at our strategic plan and new goals are identified when we're in that meeting, we can immediately add those to the plan. When we get into the recommendations, if we need to change roadmaps or get approvals for adoption into the roadmap, we can do that very interactively with the customer. So we really keep this as, a, you know, while it's a reporting session, it's a working session and it's a collaborative session. In terms of printout reports, what I like to do when it comes to the meeting is very simple. I like to outline the strategy and where we are in that plan. I like to then look at our health and risk score so the customer can identify where they sit there and trends since the last meeting. Then we just go through a gaps analysis in the meeting. It's really critical that you just bring the points you wanna focus on in the meeting and don't bring them out 30 to 50 pages of just everything you may have analyzed because they'll get lost in the shuffle, right? Most right. of these people sitting around the table with us are traditional business people not IT people. So we got to keep things very simple and very business-like in the process and balance it with what the technical needs are for our co-managed clients, right? right? And then we close out with the technology roadmap showing both a project timeline and then a deep dive into the CFO report, we call it. It's really a month-by-month, year-by-year budget so they can really understand not only what they're going to need each year, but when exactly they're going to execute on those funds. And then we close it out with what we call a recommendation sequence where we're able to show the projects that were closed last period and what's still remaining in descending order on their plan with a real full summary where we're able to show description of the project, costs, and exactly what goals and challenges they're going to help in satisfying so the customer really can be informed on how to, how to, you know, how to adopt and execute on those projects. Yep. Outstanding. I love it. That's great. That's great. So tell me, tell me a little bit more. I heard a little bit about your ramp camp. Can you explain to everybody? Sure. What so, you know, we're big proponents, just like we should be as MSPs on meeting people where they live, right? So I have two different types of clients that come and visit us. Those that have been, you know, through a QBR process, maybe using one of my competitor's tools that are now looking at standardizing a little bit further, and they just need a little bit of handholding to get started. So those folks can just easily switch to a subscription. We have a couple onboarding calls with them to make sure they're comfortable with the controls, the tools, and how to customize, and then they usually hit the ground running. Then I've got folks that are really coming into this process for the first time or have been very unstructured and undisciplined in the process, self-admittedly, not me calling them out, <laughs> and uh, they need a little assistance. So we figured out, uh, you know, mid-year last year, we really needed to put together a coaching training and accountability program. 
So we launched something called Ramp Camp, and it's really a 10-session accelerator, usually spans about a quarter to complete. And we really help our customers right from the start, you know, define who the roles and responsibilities within your organization, where you want to go with this program, what metrics you want to measure to internally. Is this the focus client retention? Is it shorter sales cycles? You know, some people are account manager led, some people are technical led through this process. So we determine which way you're going to go. And that kind of dictates a lot of the rest of the program. Yeah. Then we go into practical application. And that's when we put on the coaching hat and we're really helping our customers, yes, learn the, the tool, but more importantly, how to construct a report, how to think about a strategic plan. Because especially for our technical resources, they've never really thought of that. You know, having a firewall is not a strategy. Having a better security posture and then being able to put projects like that firewall, but also SOC projects and security awareness projects and really building a good security environment for your, your company is really what a goal becomes. So we really help train them on how to build out that strategy process with a client. Then we take them through the accountability pieces by week five. They, each VCIO has to do at least one, if not two individual yep. uh, um, a, uh, QBRs with their clients. And then we move into kind of the optimize phase where we really take that feedback back, see what works, see what they struggled with, kind of help them through that process. We have a second wave of QBRs they have to do by week seven or week eight so we can further optimize the process. And usually by week nine, they're ready for full program rollout. And then we're just helping them with some other tips and tricks in the system. We record those sessions. So the investment is long-term for the customer. They can use that training for other people that come into the process over time. And we manage everything on a team. So we're using a common home for people to communicate. Sure. And it's been a real strong program for us. We see the success rate of customers that go through Ramp Camp almost triple in terms of executing, staying on cadence and meeting with their clients. And we talk about win-win outcomes all the time. You know, the win-win for us is I've got a good client who's satisfied in the process and is comfortable with what they're doing. Yep. They're seeing return on investment. And the win to me is, of course, long-term relationships, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm excited about learning more about your tools. I know we've got some upcoming webinars planned, so we can kind of do some live demos and, and explore that a little bit. That'll, that'll be spectacular. And especially in today's world, I just want to comment that, you know, what I've seen happen, I, I too have been in the industry for a long time. I wasn't a Silverback user. I think uh, my company went into managed services in 2003. So we were- So we were right around the same time, no doubt. Around the same time, I think we used Enable back then, if I'm remembering that right. I'm a little jealous you don't have as much gray hair as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm catching you in a hurry. I'm catching you in a hurry, especially this year in 2020. But, uh, but the point I wanted to make was, uh, you know, things have really evolved in the channel. You know, these enterprise management tools are down at the desktop for such an inexpensive price. It seems like all of your competitors, for all the listeners, all the competitors are using the same tools. They hear a lot of the same trainings. The, the pricing advantage is, is gone. And a lot of managed services had been commoditized. Okay. And you know, I'm always preaching, you know, you've got to be different. You've got to be unique and, and create that special sauce. Your, uh, your toolkit really is, is special sauce that makes that practice very unique and different um, and, uh, you know, highly encourage people to, to check it out. How, how, Brian, what's a good way to get a hold of you or your organization? So usually the best way is right off our website. We give you a lot of great easy ways to interact there and that's vcio toolbox.com. From that website, you can request a trial. 
you can request a demo. So it's a great place to get things set. You can schedule that demo at your convenience right there on the spot. If you want to reach me directly, my email address is bdoyle at BCIO Toolbox. So I'm happy to take any direct contact as well, answer any questions anybody has out there, both about process or even if you're just not sure what this all means, you know, happy to have a conversation with anybody that's just struggling with how to create a great client experience and make sure that their customers are happy throughout the relationship. So, you know, any way I can help the community that's been so good to me for the last 20 years, I'm happy to do. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on the program. Thank you so much. Uh, keep an eye out for Brian and his team. We're going to be doing some more work with these guys and, and webinars, so stay tuned for that. Until then, thank you very much, and uh, have a great uh, rest of the week, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate the time today. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, Please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.